Today our passage for All Saints Sunday is going to be coming from 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. So I invite you to follow along on the screens as I read the word aloud, or you can follow in your own personal Bible. But 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. See what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet been revealed. And what we do know is this, when he is revealed, we will be like him, for we will see him as he is. And all who have this hope in him purify themselves, just as he is pure. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, days like today, and I'm sure for some of us, we reflect back on our lives of the individual's that have touched us personally, that are no longer here, those that have passed away. And I look back, and I've been very fortunate in my family that a lot of folks have lived a long life, and, you know, many of them are still around. But I do think back to the grandparents that I lost. Typically for a child, that's usually one of the first family members you'll lose is a a grandparent. And I think back to my grandfather, who was a World War II veteran, who grew up, was one of 12 on a farm in Alabama, fought in the South Pacific, island hopped along the way, came back, and when he came back, his dad, my great-grandfather, had him a job lined up at the postal service working as a post office uh, worker, delivery man, and he said, no, I don't want that. There's a GI Bill out there that'll pay for me for go to college, so I want to be one of the first of us to go to college, and that's what he did. He went to college and became a pharmacist and owned his own pharmacies. He was an independent pharmacist. He's a hard-working man, driven, and basically worked every day of his life until he passed away. But I remember, though, when he would come home from the pharmacy, he was a smoker, so he'd smell like cigarettes and peppermints, okay? But he would smell like that. But I would go sit with him in his chair, and we would just talk. And he would tell me stories, and then we would eat dinner sometimes at Grandma's house with Papa, and then we'd play games and things of that nature. A lot of great memories. But I do remember the day that he passed away. He was sick. He'd been to the hospital for a little while. And I was at school. And my parents came and they checked me out of school early. And that's never a good sign, but I didn't know what to expect. And my sister, who was older, also got checked out. And we were sitting in the car and my parents were there. And they said, well, we've got some sad news. But your papa has passed away. And I remember that's the first family member that I lost was my grandfather. And his funeral, I remember the funeral. I remember the array of flowers and that smell. I remember the people and who came and visited him. I remember the drawings that I drew of our favorite times playing games. And I remember sticking it with him in the casket. I remember the graveside. I remember the meal afterwards. I remember it all like it just happened yesterday, even though it happened over 32 years ago. And so things like that stick with you. The loss of family members, loss of loved ones, you just remember that. And then what comes next is that first year without that person. That first year is always some of the most difficult times when you have lost a loved one. Because then you got to go through the first holidays and birthdays and anniversaries. All of these major events that you celebrate throughout the year, then you begin to realize it's the first year. And it's always usually the hardest. I remember for my grandmother, my parents, and, and, her, and my aunts and uncles, they decided to keep my grandmother as busy as possible that first year to help her not be sad. 
And so I remember we would go and we would take her to movies. We would go and take her out to eat. We would randomly stop by and spend more time with her and all of that. But still, it just felt a little different. Just a little bit empty. And over time, we got used to it and got more normal to not have my grandfather around. And we worked through some of those difficult times as a family. But we still remember him. And we remember moments with him like it could have just been yesterday. And so for today, for us, for many of us, if we've lived long enough, we've lost close people. For some people in our church, this is their first year without their loved one. There are about 14 individuals who were members of our church that were with us at this point last year, but now are no longer with us today. And so as a church, we take time and we pause and we remember those individuals. Uh, in a moment when we have communion, we'll call each individual out by name and light a candle in their honor and we'll reflect upon their impact on our lives. So we, we have these times in the church life where we do this. And I believe it's important that we do acknowledge and remember those saints who have gone before us. But it is sad. It is different. But there's something in this key passage here that I just read that I think we can hold on to that will help us through those challenging times. Uh, what the Bible and Scripture says about these moments. And so I want to look at that. In this letter here, 1 John, it's written, believed to be written by the disciple John. And when you read 1 John in the Gospel of John, the language is very similar. And so many people and biblical scholars believe that John wrote this letter. And he was writing it to a church that was having a difficult time. He was writing it to a church in Ephesus that was hearing conflicting teachings about uh, Jesus Christ. And so he wrote this short letter, this epistle, to kind of reteach and educate the church in Ephesus. And the first two chapters of 1 John, it talks about, a lot of this talks about love, which is a central theme in John's gospel. But what it does here in the first and second chapter, it talks about how you love God and how you love your neighbor. But here in the third chapter, here in the third chapter, John talks about what it means when God loves us. When God loves us. What does that mean for us as Christians? And so we sit and we get this first verse here of the third chapter. And it says this. See what love the Father has given us. That we should be called children of God. And that's what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. But beloved, we are children now. And so we are children of God. We are children of God. What does that mean? What does it mean to be a child of God? God loves us as his children. Think about how earthly parents love their children and the many great things they can do for their children. But God is even greater than that. And so his love for us is limitless. And it means so much for us to have that loving grace. For us who are imperfect, for us who make mistakes, for us who don't always get things right, God still claims us as his child, as we are his children. And so for us, we should understand that there's nothing that we can do that can turn away God's love from us. It's so huge. We often have a hard time accepting that love, though. 
sometimes we don't feel like we're worthy enough. Or sometimes we go about our days not even thinking about that. But it is an important fact. As we are called to love God and love neighbor, we also need to stop and pause and see how much God loves us as he claims us as his children. As his children. You know, our kids are great, right? We love our kids. If you've got kids, you love them. But every now and then they'll do something that kind of makes you go like, ooh, ooh, why'd you do that? Ooh, you know better than that. Ooh, that's not what we taught you to do. But yet, we still love them. And our God still loves us despite our flaws, despite what we do. And the world, and the world needs to know that. The world needs to know that everybody is a child of God. That God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believed in him would have eternal life. And so therefore, we need to acknowledge that fact and live as children of God. And then when you have that <clears throat> idea, that knowledge, the fact that we are loved as children, then we get to this point here, which I think is key for us, is key for what it means for us here in All Saints Sunday as we remember the saints that have gone before us, our loved ones who are no longer here. It says, for we will see him as he is, and all who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. See, we have hope as children of God. We have hope in Jesus Christ. That is where our hope lays. Our hope rests within Jesus. Not with a particular institution or an, or an idea. Hope resides with Jesus Christ, with who he is. And when you put your hope in him, when you put your hope in him... Then you begin to share in the gift that he gives us. You see, when Jesus Christ, when he was crucified, when he went to the cross for our sake, which he did, to pay our price, he just didn't lay in the tomb forever. No. When he was crucified and died, on the third day, we know this, on the third day he rose from the dead. He was resurrected. He is alive again. He was brought back to life. He defeated death. Death does not have the final say in the permanent hold on us because we share in that resurrection. We share in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so when we put our hope in him, hope in the resurrection, hope that life defeats death, then when we think back on those saints that have gone before us, the saints that have been in our lives that we love, the family members that we've had, the friends that we've had that have gone before us, when we have hope in Jesus Christ, we also accept the fact that they share in the resurrection as well. Their life continues even to this day and that we will follow them and we will be with them one day celebrating that fact of God's love and the defeat of death. And so when we have days like All Saints Day, it is sad. As a church, we do mourn the loss. We do have grief. It's like a scar. Just as when someone leaves us and we feel like we've just gotten over it, then something will remind us of them. And it's like a scar, and when you touch it, it hurts a little bit. But then we remember that because of Jesus Christ, they still live. We have hope that they 
are still alive. And so when we have days like today, when we have hope, we also get to begin this process of purification of each and every day waking up and starting new and starting afresh, starting with that there is a reason. There is a reason for today that you are still a child of God. You still can be used. You are loved, and it is a fresh day. It's part of that purification of every day waking up and choosing to share that love and love your neighbor and love your God, just as you are loved as a child of God. And so when we go back and we read this passage in its entirety, then we begin to feel the full presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We feel the Holy Spirit with us now as we connect to those who have gone before us. And we, and we hold on to that hope, to that hope that we share in the resurrection and in that defeat of death. And so what that does for us as we go about and walk around and we interact with people, we get to share that to the world. We get to share that to the world. You know, God trusts us, even though we're imperfect, to go out as his children and to share that message of hope. To tell the world that, you know what, there is something greater out there. There is something out there that connects all of us. There is something out there that means life is good. And that is Jesus Christ. Is that where our hope resides is in him and not anything else. And so this was so important for John to put this in his letter because the followers in Ephesus were hearing different stories about who Jesus was and that his resurrection was not true, that it was all just made up and that you have no hope in this life, that you're here for a moment and you're gone. But John had to write in his letter and say, no, that is not true. That God loved you so that he calls you his children. That there is hope in him and the resurrection is real. And that those that go before us are not gone forever. They live on and share in that just as you will. And so when I think back on those moments, and when I think back every now and then when I see something that reminds me of my grandfather, usually it's an, an old pharmacy that's closed down because there's not a lot of independent pharmacies anymore. Or when it's a big burst the smell of flowers it brings me back to his funeral and yeah that's sad but then I'm hopeful I'm hopeful that we have Jesus Christ as our savior and because of his death and resurrection my grandfather lives on your loved ones they live on and yeah things may be different without them and there's a new normal but we will get to celebrate with them one day when we're all reunited and the reason why is that is because of Jesus Christ. In just a moment, we will take communion. The focus of today is this moment of sacrament of communion and the lighting of candles. Because when we do that, when you take communion, you share in the love and grace as it is embodied in the bread and the juice. You are reconnected to God in those moments as he's poured out his body for you as a sacrifice you are connected to him, but yet you are also connected to those that have gone before you. And so when we take communion and when we light these candles, may we remember that fact, the sacrifice of Jesus and what that means for us. 
And that in this very moment, with the presence of the Holy Spirit, we're connected to our Creator and to all those that have gone before us. So may we leave here with hopeful hearts, hope in Jesus Christ, hope in the resurrection, that life overcomes and evil and death does not. Let us pray.